Welcome to the Global Business Insights Podcast, brought to you by PSL. I'm your host, Max Kent, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Dr. Charlotte de Brabant. In Series 2, Beyond Business, we delve into the captivating journeys of the world's most exceptional business leaders, entrepreneurs and professionals. Our mission is not only to ignite inspiration and knowledge for the next generation, but also to illuminate the path for those currently navigating challenges. Join us as we uncover the remarkable stories that transcend traditional business narratives and offer a beacon of hope and guidance. Hi everyone and welcome to the Global Business Insights podcast. We've got a very special episode for you today. Uh, just myself and my partner in crime, Charlotte, on the call today. And um, because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, um, we wanted to do a very special episode um, to continue on really from the podcast that we launched um, back a few months ago that, that detailed Charlotte's ongoing um, battle um, with, with the the disease and um, because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month we really wanted to do an update on that and ask some further questions and really provide some more support awareness um, and and that beacon of hope for for all the listeners out there and anyone that's that's struggling with this so hi Charlotte great to have you along. Hi Max thank you so much I'm really excited for this. You're welcome. And and once again, um, brilliant to have you involved and willing to really participate and share your journey on this. I know it's it's very difficult for a lot of people. So it's a massive inspiration to to have you doing this. And I was really, really humbled last time we did this. So very much looking forward to it. Um, so Thank you. And, but you know, Max, actually, after our last podcast, I received hundreds of messages. Oh, wow. Individual. Um, not only survivors but fighters and i'm really intrigued why there is still so little thought leadership out there about it so i'm really glad we're doing this and i think the goal is to really reach out to everyone involved if it's just some friend or family member or or a fighter themselves going through this battle because as as we know you Everyone shouldn't be alone and you should always partner and have a community to reach out to. So so that being said, I think um, it's just so important to to really raise this awareness. And um, and that's why it's so meaningful for me to be on this podcast with you. That's I mean, it's amazing. And it's just, you know, a real inspiration for me and I hope for everyone else listening to this to to hear that. So thank you very much for for your contribution to this and for for doing it. Um, So because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, why um, could you explain a bit more what that actually is and and why it's so important? Um, So Breast Cancer Awareness Month is is so important just because it's observed in October to very much raise awareness globally about breast cancer. And it's important to, I think, really promote this early detection and support individuals affected by this disease. And, you know, it is a disease, um, as you said in the previous episode, first one in seven women get diagnosed. Then that that was like two years ago. And now it's one in three women. And wherever I go, if it's in a restaurant, if it's um, at the train station, wherever people always approach me and they they do tell me they were they went through it. They are a survivor. So it's so many people out there that just no one talks about. So it's just important to educate people about the risks and encourage 
regular screenings for early detection and and encourage open communication because there is no point to to hide. Everyone is going through challenges. Many people are going through some sort of cancer or had cancer and and it's actually uh, more than I expected to be honest. Yeah, it's amazing that once you're you're out there, obviously that you see that community firsthand and they reach out to you and um, it's, it's amazing to see that that at least there's that support out there. But and like you say, there's no reason to suffer in silence. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed by how that statistic has has moved forward over the last few years. Um, mm. Could you share any sort of statistics about how prevalent breast cancer is globally and what impact that has? Absolutely. So breast cancer is actually the most common cancer among women worldwide. And currently there are just millions of cases diagnosed each year. And of course, the statistics now from from one in seven two years ago, now one in three. And and think about me, it, I, I got it with the age of 35. So it can really affect any age group. And also when you just don't expect it, because in my case, no one ever in the family had it. And it's just, it was the most random diagnosis I could have gotten beginning of the year. So it affects not only women, but also men. And it has a significant impact on, on the families and, and communities and friends. And throughout my year, I just realized that some friends who I would have never expected, they were actually by my side, reaching out on a daily basis. And some other closer friends actually more distanced themselves even just because they were overwhelmed and they don't know how to manage or, or handle communication. So so it, it, it you know, it, it impacts everybody around you. Of course. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? You sort of have to find out who your friends are and says says a lot about other people doesn't it i think and, and less about you there but um what are, what are the risk factors then for for breast cancer and, and how how does genetics play a role in it do you think um, well risk the, the the whole risk factors for breast cancer um it's it definitely includes age because usually the the age group where who who i was with is usually 60 65 and above so I was one of the youngest in, in the rooms. Then, of course, gender. Um, usually women get it, but but 10% of the men as well. Um, they say family history. Usually if someone in the family history had it, where for my case, no one ever had it. But of course, if it's family history, then the chances are more likely. Um, and genetics play a big role. Um because there are these different genetic mutations, which I learned all about this year. Yeah. Like BRCA1, BRCA2, or RAT51, and these can very much significantly um, increase the risk of, of whole, the whole development of breast cancer. But then also the lifestyle choices, because, you know, in my case, with the environment, is it a lot of traveling? Is it stress? Is it what I ate? I didn't. I don't smoke. I didn't drink. So, so it's 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 quite interesting in 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 that case. Um, what what it what it means. But I think the whole life uh, lifestyle choices, it's an area which is just being still discovered immensely yeah. at the moment. For sure. Um, so, what what are the sort of common signs or most common signs and symptoms uh, that people should be aware of and look out for? Yeah, common signs and and symptoms include very much a a lump in the breast and um, changes in the breast size or shape, or even um, 
skin changes. And, and that's what I discovered. And I, I wasn't sure what was happening. I thought I was gaining weight and I was actually making jokes over over Christmas and New Year's. Oh my gosh, I have to go on a diet after this. But I didn't know that that was actually the beginning of this all. Um, however, not all breast cancer cases present these sort of symptoms. Um, others are very much discovered through regular screenings. So yeah. it's very much individualized. Sure. Um, so is there anything individuals can do themselves, like some sort of self-examination? And is, is that some sort of role to play in, in early detection, do you think? Yeah, so breast, um, th these breast self-exams involve um, checking any abnormalities in the breast tissue and, and making sure that, um, that you are well aware of your own body, listening to your body, understanding what is normal, what is not normal. And, and you, you know, I used to be, I, I am a career-driven woman. I, I used to travel on a daily basis. Alone last year, I spoke at 80 procurement conferences and, and traveled all the time with a full-time job. So I did neglect myself. I don't even remember the last time I went to the doctor. So, you know, that whole self-awareness and and um, and knowing what what how should the body be and if there are any abnormalities, I think many ignore it nowadays. When I speak to many individuals, not many actually uh, do these self-exams. And and that's just a, use, a, a very useful tool for early detection, um, but also healthcare professionals and the doctors can also teach how to do these exams correctly because I also didn't know um, how how to perform them I was just like you, you shower okay you, you, your body looks quite normal okay you continue and you start your day get dressed mm -hmm. and then you forget all about anything that you may you know may have changed in the body yeah of course we've all been there I mean it's that that when you're busy in a career you're just put to the floor getting to meetings just on yeah. the day you're working so hard and and a lot of the other things like um unfortunately going to the doctor and other things just take a bit of a back seat it's not your priority and when you're younger you think you're just going to get through all of that so I think that's a a real sort of stark message to you know if you're never sure just get get stuff checked and get you get get yourself looked at and if there's self-examinations you can do then you need to do them it's important and i think so that's i think that's a real message to everyone um so obviously when we talk about screening itself are there different screening methods then and and when do women start doing that do they should they start doing that at, at earlier ages yeah i mean um the, the it's it's a it's also a new word which I learned mammography and and right. I had my first mammography this year with the age of thirty five so um, these are kind of um, uh, usually recommended at a at a later age and actually insurance as a as a matter of fact they only cover um, in the US after the age of forty and in Europe after the age of fifty so of course when you are young you are less inclined to do mammography or also clinical breast exams or MRI like these are the the common but there it's it's just mind blowing why the insurances still don't in a way cover mammograms at an earlier age just because more and more women are being affected at an earlier age and if they would I think do that more women would then find out earlier about about their kind of breast cancer 
Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting you didn't mention insurance because that's obviously a US thing. We're over in the UK, you know, we're both in different countries recording this. It's different rules. We've yeah. got the NHS here that pays for mammograms and that's a, a regular screening campaign for women. However, breast yeah. cancer is still high in the UK and I, I wonder how much that does help and what stats there are on how much that helps helps uh, detect early. But it's it's, you know, it's the same thing you still got to get it done haven't you that's that's why you know it's such an irony okay they're promoting mammograms but then again when when you detect it it's already too late right yeah because yeah, you, yeah. you have it and then yeah. okay then then you just need to start treatment earlier and um, yeah. maybe go through less of a rigorous treatment what i'm going through right now just because yeah. of course i didn't get that that whole check early and um, and I started immediately with stage three inflammatory breast cancer. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not too clear on the stages myself. Could you explain the stages of breast cancer then and how uh, does staging impact those treatment options? So you have breast cancer, um, it stages from zero to four um, mm. and um, indicating the extent of the disease. And there and and usually um with this whole staging, there are different uh, treatment guides and treatment decisions being made. With yeah. early staging, um, often the, 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 it, it just depends. At earlier staging, there are just a variety of different treatment options and better prognosis. And the higher you get in the staging, it just becomes a little bit more tricky. Um, right. Up to stage three, that's, I would say, where you have these treatment options, it's... Um, there is a very much to some sort of extent a clear path which have already been um, researched and developed and stage four is um, is still being developed um, there are of course many extensive options but stage four is when the the cancer has metastasized and and that's when you're really um, targeting a very hard chemotherapy yeah. But that being said, even any stage from zero to three is very hard. In stage three, um, it's the Keynote 522 chemotherapy, which um, definitely entails four different chemotherapy uh, chemicals. And and it's all chemotherapy is just immensely hard, immense side effects. And of course, every individual out there um, has 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 it in a way in a gets different side effects sure okay and, and what sort of advancements have been made in uh the treatment of breast cancer in the recent years well advances include uh, targeted therapies immune therapy the hokitruda and improved um, surgical techniques and um and most recently the most recent um current i would say there are two other um researches out there which are just being finalized it's that whole ct dna testing so to see whether there are any also cancer cells spreading in the blood that's where like there are tests like signaterra which are currently being tested um but also research right now and i'm based in boston so i get all of the medical papers which i read uh, yeah. on a daily basis uh, is also this whole personalized cancer vaccine that we're, they're working on and um not for breast cancer but but for other cancers and uh, i think this will be definitely the the future how to also prevent cancer going forward just because it's been such a it's such a disease of our 
of of our our year hundred. It's uh, of of our decade, and it's just yeah. going to. We need to get it under control. So these developments have led to a lot more personalized and effective treatment plans. And um, I think just coming back to what you said earlier about how when you first started to tell people about the diagnosis, you found that some people became closer to you and others distanced themselves. I think there's a lot around um, that stigma and how people can um, how people can interact and engage with with someone who's got a diagnosis and how they how it makes them feel. So, I mean, how how do you think individuals can support those affected by breast cancer and what those sort of some of those common misconceptions or stigmas that need to be addressed? Yes, so support can be emotional support, practical support or educational support. And I've had all, th all three uh, where a lot of um, emotional support is just so, so crucial because we are all human and feeling that authenticity from people. But then practical support. Now I'm going through a lot of physical therapy after my proton radiation and how yeah. I can um, how, I, how I can also, I, I, I would say, have some techniques, some routines, how to structure my day. And then educational support. So a lot of friends will send me educational um, medical papers. And by now, I, I read these medical studies up and down for my good night reading. And <laughs> at the beginning, it took me some time because it's a different language. And now I'm just, uh, I completely get it. And I educate myself a lot for every single chemotherapy. So everyone does it different, of differently. Every patient, um, some patients don't want to know what's going on. They just do it. They bite their um teeth together and they just get through it but for me i'm just so curious to understand and um and just because i've self-educated myself so much that i now take a part on on any decision that's being made with with me with with any of my treatment and um and now i'm I, I, I do like to be involved educationally. So it's it's crucial to um, dispel any of these myth and stigma around breast cancer, as these can create just barriers to seeking help and support. Mm. You need to um, just, of course, it's all it's all different. It's kind of how 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 much you want to give, how much you want to be play a part of or be a role in in that person's yeah. um, community. But there are ways how you can reach out and if you're not the most I would say emotional person as I said there are practical and educational ways that you can also support. Okay um, so are there any specific initiatives or organizations that people can get involved with them to support breast cancer awareness? Oh absolutely there are so many numerous organizations um, on Instagram. There's like Breast Cancer Now, and there are so many different um, Instagram organizations. But then also the whole American Cancer Society. Um, I I I look at them quite a lot in terms of education. Um, also through my parents because they are both in the medical field since the age of 16. I've actually accompanied them um, to ASCO, the, the um, greatest oncology conference of the year. And I've been going there since the age of 16. So indirectly, I kind of self-educated myself all along. Yeah. Um, and they provide great resources and opportunities uh, for, for thought leadership and fundraising. Of course, there are support groups 
uh, out there. They're less for youngsters under 50, I would say. Um, I've joined one of them, but for me personally, I have a lot of energy, a lot of optimism. Mm -hmm. I see the light at the end of the tunnel and um, and I and for me personally, I I reach out to my own um, network because I get energy from that rather than giving all my energy at at these individual support groups. So it's kind of a pers personal decision what what makes you feel good. And I've decided now to kind of just reach out to my own community, make sure I stay, I, I keep my full time job, I have my structure to the day, and I do what what's fun for me. These podcasts, writing articles, I'm writing a new book now on on inspiring talents, and kind of to remember to remind myself of my previous life, of that life yeah. I used to have, and that's what makes me happy and what keeps me going. So I've. Um, personally made a decision to be less involved with these support groups but others of course need that because they may not be able to perform their full-time job just because yeah. they have a different sort of job i'm very very fortunate i get to work on my laptop whereas others you know they have to actually physically go to work so i completely understand that it's it's a very much of a personal choice how much they can do while being on chemotherapy yeah course and um have you got any success stories of the survivors and any of their experience with early detection or treatment that you could share at all uh yeah absolutely i mean sharing survivor stories just can be inspiring and, and demonstrates the importance of of early detection and timely treatment so everyone has a has a very unique story how they found it um through what circumstances and then um and and also at which age groups and one of the most inspiring for me personally um was just this this granny sitting there with the age of 88 and she was um getting this whole chemotherapy treatment and then radiation and then more chemotherapy and then i look at myself and and you know 35 now i'm 36 and i'm just thinking come on charlotte you have others are others at a different age are true fighters why am i even complaining i'm getting on with my life i keep going and of course there are always pros and cons which which age you get breast cancer at um i, I would say she says she she was fine because she's she has also lived a very fulfilling life mm. and for me i still want to discover all these other experiences and opportunities out there um yes. whereas i yeah, I have this have also this sort of energy that I can bring to the table. Whereas um, she she was just a little weaker, so she she did, she's kind of survived through a lot of meditation, and um, and meditating helped her to maintain her her medic uh, her her mental uh, due diligence and uh, mm. kind of mental endurance and strength. And for me, it's kind of my work. And my passion to my work that helps me stay strong mentally. Yeah. So, but then, so this kind of survivor kind of very much um, inspired me that it's not really about the age. It's about everyone has a unique personal story and uh, you need to find your own way. You cannot compare yourself to anyone out there. You need to find your own path to success. Okay, um, 
So what advice would you give to individuals who want to get involved in supporting Breast Cancer Awareness Month? Well, there are social media campaigns um, yeah. sharing all these personal stories of of um, of many women going through it. It's either um, I, I just read a story this morning, a lady who who has a uh, who got a baby and uh, who just got diagnosed. So going oh. through this whole chemotherapy while having just a baby a few weeks old. Um, so so there are just these in, these personal stories out there, especially this month. And um, and of course, by using these re relevant hashtags. You could then read more of these personal stories or also create a very powerful online presence to reach out and educate the audience. And that's what I've been doing on my Instagram channel um, through Join the Fight, where yeah. we where I very much wanted to raise awareness, educate others that it's okay to speak up and speak about your challenges. And believe it or not, I had also individuals come to me via LinkedIn, Instagram, and they were just very shocked that I even talked about it, uh, that I even went public with this diagnosis because they said, how could you? It's a personal story. How can you share such, such personal medical information? But why not? There's yeah. so many out there and they are just lost in translation. So especially now we need to educate each other. And um, and if 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 we don't speak up, we will just not be able to get seek this help or get some tips how others went through it or encouragement, words of encouragement just to keep going, keep fighting. So um, I think it's just so, so useful to have these social media platforms um, yeah. for your own own gratification like to your own motivation to keep going but also getting advice sharing information well again that that your attitude to this is absolutely inspiring and i really hope that does uh help and support others that aren't as um perhaps willing to share and, and gets that story out there and you're absolutely right there's no no reason to hide um what sort of developments um, in the research and breakthroughs do you think on the on the horizon with this? Well, current research focuses on immune therapy and also this whole precision medicine, uh, better under understanding all these genetic factors involving breast cancer. And um, and in the future, there will be a lot of this personalized vaccine, breast cancer vaccine coming out. Um, which will be, I think, very revolutionary, and this will change the whole um, research and and um, and breakthrough with breast cancer. Because, in my opinion, it's just it's it's good to know when you have it in order to treat it. But I think foremost, it's important to even prevent it from happening. So I think there are a lot of promising breakthroughs that um, that are continually uh, emerging, especially in this field. Yeah. Absolutely, that's great to hear. Um, so over the last few years, we've had the COVID-19 pandemic still the sort of fallout from that uh, three years ago, um, how that impacted so many things. How, how do you think that's impacted breast cancer awareness and care? And is, is there anything could be done that can uh, mitigate those effects, do you think? Yeah, I mean, the pandemic very much disrupted the whole screenings and, and delayed diagnosis. So it's essential to encourage people to catch up on all these missed appointments and ensure that they receive timely care. And 
even proactively, if you have nothing and if you feel fine, make sure to catch up with that missed appointment because the pandemic kind of taught us, oh, let's just stay isolated, let's wear our mask, let's let's just not go to the doctor. But now is the time to to just make sure you you are very much caught up with with all your medical appointments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are, uh, are there any key takeaways you'd you'd like our audience to remember about Breast Cancer Awareness Month and and take away from this podcast? Definitely, early detection is key, and and awareness and education just saves life. So it's important to support all those which are affected by breast cancer in anyone's surroundings, or even if you hear um, if, if, if you hear of someone's case. And you know, for me, the most amazing, most absolutely touching part was when people that I have not spoken to for more than 10 years or 20 years, they were reaching out to me that I'm not alone, they, I have their support. My very first manager, um, who has touched my life tremendously from the day, from the very first day I started working. And and then um, he was like a guardian angel for me. He reached out to me a week ago. And these are these guardian angels, these individuals that that in that help us as as fighters to keep going. So if you know of anybody and even if you think, oh, they may not remember me, they will remember you. And make sure you reach out, even with a short message. I think this is the biggest takeaway. Um, everyone can play a role. And it's just so important to make sure that we, we stick together as humans in these times. And these times, you know, work and career and, and all this other activities, it's secondary. Mm. Then it's very much the, the human touch that that comes out and please make sure you reach out even if you think they may not remember you because they truly will so for all the fighters out there heads up chin up mm-hmm. eyes forward keep going and that's yeah. all that matters each time you feel down friday is my next chemotherapy take a deep breath bite your teeth together and keep your head up and chin up and forward and be the best version of yourself every single day and that's very much the advice i can give anybody amazing thanks so much charlotte um just final question is there any other places i mean you mentioned join the fight which is your own campaign um also any other information resources um for awareness and support that you can offer just as a parting um piece of information for the listeners if they want to learn more Definitely. So for all the listeners, feel free firstly to reach out to me either via LinkedIn, my Instagram, Facebook, on all different platforms or via my website. Otherwise, there are organizations like the American Cancer Association. We have the National Breast Cancer Foundation, um, Breast Cancer Now on Instagram and other very um very great healthcare institutions out there, um, also via these uh, via individual hospitals. So it's important to just verify information from from trusted sources, just because there's so much out there. And usually it's more worrying rather than what's actually the truth. So making sure that you read trusted information. That's why I started reading a lot of medical papers uh, just to 
make sure I, I understand and fully educate myself and that I'll be able to have a a solid com- conversation, you know, with um, with with all the experts out there. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks again, Charlotte. And once again, a hugely inspiring episode. And I hope as many people as possible get to hear this and and that can help them as well and support them. And your words provide that that comfort and that that uh, light at the end of the tunnel for people that they need to hear. So um, thank you once again. Um, we'll see you all on the next episode and uh, see you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Max. Take care. And you. See you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on this enlightening episode of the Global Business Insights Podcast. Stay tuned for more inspiring stories and valuable insights that will continue to guide and uplift you on your journey.